Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. And today we've got a great guest with us. We have Catlin Hahn. She is from the Hebron House Homeless Shelter in Waukesha. So thanks for coming out, Catlin. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here today. Yeah, we got connected because we just did an ice cream social, which is fun. We don't have we have our Starbucks coffee in front of us. Uh, we don't have the uh, the ice cream, unfortunately. Maybe it next time. Very unfortunate. I would definitely be okay with ice cream even right away in the morning. Yep, I hear you. <laughs> Well, and, and we're also excited, too. This is our first time we're doing a podcast with a guest live. We are declaring COVID mostly over, at least in the world of podcasting, where we're, we're good enough to be able to, to do that. But, uh, Callan, we got connected because uh, we had this ice cream social. We asked one of our clients, hey, we're going to get together, have a lot of fun, and why don't we just do this as a, a little bit as a fundraiser? What's a good uh, nonprofit that you like to support? And she said, well, the Hebron House and so we are so excited to get uh, connected there. I've got right in front of me, here you go, the official handover. Here's the, the donations that we got at the event. Comes close to about $400 that we oh got to goodness. with uh, even the online uh, people that we're giving. So That is absolutely amazing. We were just so thrilled initially when we heard that they just wanted to do the ice cream social just as a way to kind of contribute and give back to the community. And now kind of having it in hand here, it's absolutely wonderful. We are so grateful and so excited. Yeah, well, I can tell. That's great. And thank you to Eileen. I think Eileen usually is listening. So thank you, Eileen, for, for recommending us to the, the Hebron House. So we want to learn about Hebron House, what they're doing in, in Waukesha County and beyond. But before uh, before we do that, why don't you tell us, Caitlin, about your your background, how you got connected to, to Hebron House. Absolutely. So currently I'm the development manager over at Hebron Housing Services. And that means I do everything from bringing in new forms of funding to connecting with the community, volunteers, and everything in between. And I actually got connected to my current position because I was managing one of our three shelters. I managed our Jeremy House Safe Haven, which is a shelter specifically for people dealing with mental illness and chronic homelessness. So I just am very involved in the mission. The guests mean a lot to me. Um, they're definitely just very inspiring and strong people, and I want to keep working towards a better world for them. Yeah, awesome. Well, the Jeremy House, I don't think has any connection to me at all. Do you know that? How did, they, how did it get the name as a background? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it actually was named after a very specific person. His name was Jeremy, and he had mental illness, was chronically homeless, and he ended up passing away from mm. some really unfortunate circumstances that a lot of homeless people do end up facing. Yeah. So after that really unfortunate passing, his family and some community members, some community churches got together, and especially with NAMI as well it, for mental illness, they came came together and made one of the very few safe havens in Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, it's nice that he's able to inspire all those people to come together in, in his honor, really. Yes, absolutely. And his mother actually just passed away recently in the past few months. So we've been receiving some extra gifts from friends and family of hers. And we just always try to really point out that that family will never be forgotten. I mean, yeah. they have just changed Waukesha and a huge resource that we now offer. Yeah. Oh, well, good for them. You mentioned NAMI. That's the, is that National Association for Mental Illness? Did yes, I get that is. right? Okay. Yes, and we work very closely with NAMI. Many people that are experiencing homeless do homelessness also are experiencing mental illness. Gotcha. So NAMI is very connected and a huge resource for us. Yeah. Well, it's nice that you guys are doing all that in Waukesha County. Um, 
tell me what what else does Hebron do? Yes, so Jeremy House is only one of our three shelters. We also have Juno House and Sienna House. Juno House is our flagship shelter. It actually was just renamed after our founder, Bernadine Juno, in this last year and a half now. But that is for women, family, and children at Juno House. And Sienna House is our men's shelter. So that has about 20 men staying there each evening. And they're all great facilities, very unique, fun, exciting shelters. Mm -hmm. um, despite some of the difficulties we face, so we really focus on community, working together, and connecting people with case management so that they can help build towards their next steps. Yeah. Well, sure. well uh, that's something you were telling me earlier. I think, did you say, what were the terms? A short, emergency, long-term? Did I say that? Yes. So we do emergency, short-term, and long-term. You're okay. very close. All right. Got it. I got the right order now. <laughs> yes. Now you do. So... Yes, we focus on the emergency right when someone's going through a crisis, but we also, our ultimate goal is that everyone is self-sufficient and sustainable. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're fully staffed. You have a, a big staff that's helping out. Yes, so all three of our facilities plus our main office means we do have a pretty strong staff and our shelters are open 24-7. We are always available. There's always an advocate ready to answer a call. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, what what what's your goal? I mean, obviously the big goal is to keep somebody warm and safe for at least one night. But what's your what's your goal uh, when somebody comes in and starts making use of your services? Yes, so. I would say there's probably a few different levels to that. For an individual, we really want to find them stability and security for long term. But as an organization, our vision is the journey to end homelessness. Mm -hmm. So we want to be focusing on our whole community and what we can do to really make sure that this isn't an ongoing problem forever. We don't see homelessness as something that needs to be in our community. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people just maybe speaking from own personal experience, like the, the biggest connection to homelessness is when you're walking in a big city and maybe somebody asks you for some, some money or you, you see there's tents that are underneath the, the bypass. Just tell me more about how it maybe is, is beyond that. It's not just maybe a stereotype. Yes. So a lot of times people have images just like that. And although those exist, that is not a comprehensive picture of homelessness. In fact, a lot of people that are experiencing rural homelessness, that can be even more dangerous because they don't have resources to access. So then at times they may be coming to a larger city because that's the only place shelters exist. And if they're not used to that environment, it can be really challenging for them. Mm -hmm. So homelessness can come from so many different types of situations. And often one we see as well, and I'm sure Women's Center would be able to speak to this also, is that domestic violence leads to homelessness. Mm -hmm. And that has nothing to do with anybody's income level, where they live in the state, anything like that. It's just a situation that someone can experience and it can result in homelessness. Yeah, I can imagine. And you're in Waukesha, but you were telling me earlier that it's not just people that live in the city that are getting services there. Yes, so we do have resident, or residents in our shelter from all over the state, from Milwaukee, but also, like I said, just from our, you know, outside of the main city in Waukesha. It's a very serious problem that we have in our own community. And I think because Waukesha, Pewaukee area tends to have some well-off parts and people mm -hmm. that we have a set image in our head, but really we have residents in our very own community that are experiencing homelessness. Yeah, I believe it. You talked about that case management what, what does that look like? 
Yes. So all of our guests have access to case managers who work directly in their shelter. We currently have, I believe, three case managers and our shelter coordinator. She is a licensed social worker as well. So we are currently building our case management program to make sure that people are accessing any job skills that they might need, social security, disability, getting their mental and physical health together. If you're looking to start a new job, you need to make sure that your body and mind or in a good place for that opportunity. So it's a really kind of comprehensive, well-rounded program that we're still building up day by day. Yeah, it's not just a bed and a meal. It's it's how do you keep keep moving along. Yes, absolutely. I mean, those primary resources are so essential to make sure that people feel safe and warm and full, but it's also rebuilding their self-esteem, rebuilding their skills, and kind of watching them take on the world again. Yeah. Well, speaking of taking on the world, uh, you can't just do this alone. I think you mentioned there's some community partnerships you have. Yes. Oh, we have so many community partnerships. Um, First of all, I think all of the churches in our area are involved with our organization in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. We work with HACC, CDBG. The Women's Center is one of our community partners, along with NAMI. They're very important to the work that we do, along with many others that I'm probably apologize if I'm missing them. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. We can't have, name them all. <laughs> no, definitely not. But community is essential to what we do and what we can make happen for our guests. And we wouldn't be there without our community support and all of our community partners. Yeah. Well, that's your job now, right? Connect the community and uh, Hebron House to, to help out the, your populations. Yes. I actually, now that I think of it, um, we actually had a really exciting community partnership lately with Unity Lutheran Church, where over their Lent offering this spring, they raised over $17,000 to get new technology in our shelters. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So we now have technology for job searches, for the kids to do virtual learning, and we're going to have the new computers and new printers in all three of our houses now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that because uh, a lot of times people think of Lent and by the time this comes out, it'll be a few months past yes. Lent. But usually you think of Lent like you give up meat on Fridays, you give up a donut or something and say, I'm just going to do that. But these people are giving up money to help somebody, yes. not just denying themselves, but taking from themselves and giving it to, to others. That's that's awesome. Absolutely. And small fundraisers like the one that you did as well. I mean, those all really culminate together to make a huge impact. It really just... On some of the more difficult days, you people lift my heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're telling me about uh, you got like a $2 donation once? Yes. Oh, we, we do. We get $1, $2. I've seen 50 cent donations yeah. come in. And sometimes those make me more proud of our community than anything else because you can tell that that person is just giving because they believe in it and they mm-hmm. understand that their dollar plus however many more people's dollars is going to make that impact and going to be making some serious change. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Well, you do some other things there too. Maybe tell me about how people can get involved and you coordinate the volunteers, things like that. Yes, absolutely. So I do coordinate volunteer opportunities for individuals and for groups. I know many people reach out during the summer when they have some free time or for school activities. It's a great way for people to get involved. And it can be anything from just coming to spend time with our guests, doing construction projects, making kits or fun bags for kids, art projects, 
Um, another main one that we have is we have a meal train that is on our website as well. And people can cook meals or and to drop them off at our shelter or come and actually sit down and eat with the guests. So there are a million ways to volunteer, to get involved, and anything else. If you reach out to us, we are happy to connect people to opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Well, what's your website? Let's make sure people yes. know that. <laughs> www.hebronhouse.org. And on there, you will find ways to donate, ways to get involved, our meal train, just more about what we do in our case management services. And you will also find that we have a blog on there where we post success stories, um, just people experiencing things in our community and what that looks like. And we also do a monthly wish list. So whatever our greatest needs are in shelter for the guests we currently have, we post a monthly wish list of what we need more than anything else. So people can always access that if they're looking to donate. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because people are always looking to give ways that are beyond volunteer, beyond money. Maybe there's things that they have a special skill in or extras of that somebody can make make use of and yes i have had some amazing individuals reach out to me that are maybe they used to be school teachers or nurses or just retired and they just want to get involved again so we have one woman at our juno house shelter who just comes to watch the kids for a few hours once a week right. and that's so helpful for the parents mm -hmm. so there's no specific skill or anything that someone needs to get involved you just need to want to yeah well i imagine uh you know, if you're experiencing homelessness and there's, you mentioned all the other things that maybe help them towards a, uh, a job situation. Well, childcare, if you're having an interview, <laughs> you maybe need someone to watch the kids for a little bit. So exactly. good for that lady. And we have a lot of single moms in our shelters. Yeah. And if you are a single mom who needs to be watching your child in shelter, there's other people there and you're trying to do a housing search or meet with your case manager or go to that job interview, that is such a challenging thing to do. And I think all parents can understand that. And once you put in that frame that they're also homeless on top of it mm -hmm. and solving all of these additional challenges, I mean, I think people can understand how frustrating and difficult that is. So having a volunteer willing to step in and just spend time with the kids so you can get a few things done, we, we all know that feeling. And it's a really amazing one to see kind of that teamwork and community in our shelters. Yeah. Oh, it just shows how different circumstances can make life a little bit more difficult or easier Yes, at different times. Some things that we all experience, but once you put it in the framework of not having your own place on top of it, it's just yeah. really, really challenging. Oh my goodness. Well, you're working day to day in a shelter. How has your life changed now that you're uh, in your new role? Yes, so I would say I 100% miss my guests in shelter. <laughs> um, I can't lie about that one. They are very wonderful. I love getting to talk to people on a daily, but now I get to talk to the community on a daily about what it's like to be in shelter and what they can do to help better some of these circumstances. So I would say I enjoyed my job before and I enjoy it now. Yeah, awesome. Oh, cool. Well, we are talking. We I think we came up with uh, on our pre-call here. We have three things that people ought to be ought to be doing, and one of them, first one, is just understand the problem. And you alluded to it a little bit. We talked briefly about it. How homelessness is beyond just the stereotypes. Maybe just talk a little bit more about what the problem is, especially in in Waukesha County with with homelessness. Yeah, so I think that's a really complex question, and there's a very complex answer to it. So I will do my best to that. Yeah. Just solve it all right now. Uh, solve it all. I, I truly wish I could. That would be the yeah. best situation. 
But I think that it really just comes down to the fact that people make assumptions about what homelessness is and people make assumptions about how others get there. And I think that there just needs to be this new understanding and patience that it is a culmination of just life experiences. So I'm not sure if that completely answered your question, but... Well, it did, and you used the word others, and I think that's a lot of times, especially we are in Waukesha County, we're, we're in Wisconsin, we're in America, and a lot of times people think of these problems as others' problems, and it's just amazing when folks like you, folks at Keeburn House, come into the others' world and, and help out. So that's I, I like that you use that term, <laughs> and that's why I wanted to, to highlight that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not just the others that... It's no, a problem for these are our very own mothers, fathers, grandfathers, and little kids. And especially, I think people tend to be more understanding when it comes to taking care of families because mm-hmm. they understand that the children have nothing to do with being there. But a lot of times, the adults' situations have happened to them that they didn't necessarily have control over either. You have to think if, you know, maybe you're someone who's just paycheck to paycheck and you get injured or sick, those are circumstances you can't control. And all of a sudden you're in a very financially dangerous situation. So it's no specific person or circumstance that this happens to. And I think that that can be a hard thing for people to wrap their minds around because we tend to simplify things. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, that's step one. Understand the problem. And I think I think we all have understood it a little bit better now hearing from you. Uh, Step two, we thought, is, well, get connected. And how do you get connected to Hebron House? Yes, you can call us, visit our website, Facebook, Instagram, everything in between. Um, I think just keeping up with how we interact with the community, how the community wants to get involved, and just knowing what's happening in Waukesha County is really important, essential, and it's fun as well. Yeah, you told me about a group that got connected and was helping with uh, some pajamas and welcome bags for the kids. Yeah, I thought that was awesome because my wife is a, a Girl Scout leader for both of our girls, and I want to get her uh, connected to to that type of project. She just loves uh, yes. ways to connect uh, that way. We have a lot of awesome groups that find really unique ways to contribute. Um, the one you're referring to with the pajamas, they're also making welcome bags for the kids. So just something bright and colorful, putting little toys, crayons in there. And those are ways that you wouldn't think to fight homelessness. But part of our mission is also restoring hope and dignity. Mm-hmm. So finding ways that we can bring that joy and just humanism back to people in our community is really important to us as well. Yeah. Well, people need to feel welcome. If they're not feeling welcomed, they might not come back to experience the other services exactly. that are there. So that's that's a great idea. Well, good. Well, number three is take action. And you talked about uh, volunteering. We'll make sure that there's a link to the volunteering page. Uh, a lot of times taking action actually means giving money, like the couple examples that you gave earlier. We'll make sure that there's a link to the, the donation page. Maybe just share... Uh, we understand what it looks like to give money, but maybe how does it look when somebody wants to give to that wish list that's on there? How would they go about doing that? Yes, so on there, there's my phone number and email, my direct line at the office, so people could contact me, and if they're able to drop something off directly at our shelters, that's wonderful. If we need to pick something up, we are happy to figure out a way to do that as well. So yes, if someone is interested in ever donating a specific item, we are always ready to coordinate that and make it happen. For monetary donations, as much as we like to try to move away from it, 
they're so essential to our services. Having funding makes the world go round, yep, right? You get that, right? Yep. So it's just being able to see our programs get built up, being able to pay our staff so that they can do further support and services. Those are part of our mission as well. And that's really how we do tackle this problem of homelessness is by having these quality services that really get people out of the situation they're in right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm certainly happy that you came here to talk about Hebron House and, and all the ways that people can get connected. Is there anything I should have asked that maybe I hadn't got to? I'm trying to think now. Um, we talked about our blog. We hit everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, we're, we're so happy that you're, you're helping out, that Hebron's making a big difference uh, in, in the lives of so many people in uh, Waukesha. Maybe actually just share with me real quick how many people are maybe making use of your services every day. Yes. So every single night we have 65 possibly plus people in our shelters. So over the course of the year, we're helping over 500 people. And that's just with staying overnight in our shelter. We also Mm -hmm. offer services outside of that. So we really like to be focused on how we can assist in any way, shape or form. And being able to share what we do in our mission here today is a great part of that as well. So I really appreciate you inviting me today yeah well you got to be the uh the face and voice of hebron house for today and so that was that was great glad we got uh connected and i want to make sure that everyone else that is listening can get connected to hebron house it's hebron house h-e-b-r-o-n house.org and we'll make sure we have all the links and the show notes and everything uh on the page awesome well thanks Catlin, for coming on in Thank you so much, Jeremy. I was happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks everyone else for listening to our podcast, The Retirement Revealed Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to The Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.